Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. It's something new on Calgary Today, a chance for councillors to talk directly to you about the issues of the day. I'm Joe McFarland, host of Calgary Today, and you're listening to the very first edition of the Councillor Roundtable, featuring Ward 12's Shane Keating, Ward 13's Diane Collier-Cart, and Ward 6's Jeff Davison. This room is a lot more full than usual. Uh, We are launching something brand new here on Calgary today. And right now it's a working title, but YYC Roundtable might be a way to put it. We'll figure something out before too long. But this is the the trial run. And my guinea pigs happen to be uh, three city councillors, Shane Keating, Jeff Davison, and Diane Collier-Cart joining us here on the program to start things off. Councillors, thanks so much for the time this afternoon. Our privilege. Great to be here. Fantastic. Let's start off. Uh, one of the things that I want to do throughout the course of these roundtables is is give you an opportunity to maybe, whether it's debate or have a conversation that's open. And uh, I know a lot of people and even our listeners aren't exactly glued to council chambers 24-7. So we can kind of reenact some of those conversations, but at the same time, have those conversations that are pertinent to their minds. And I think right now, you guys have been given that opportunity to finally take a look at Budget deliberations, budget adjustments, budget in general. Let's start off with that point. And 0%, 1.5%, 3.03%, I think, are the options available. We'll start with Councillor Keating here. And we'll go around the table. What is your preferred option? Well, I think we have to be realistic and look at a zero. Uh, we start there, see what repercussions that gives to the residents of the city, what it does to the organization of the city, and then we go forward and we make decisions after that. But I think you start there and you adjust however you feel you need to once the discussion has been had. Councillor Davison? Yeah, I would agree. I think zero is really what we're looking at here. I think if you look, you know, even provincially with the last election, the mandate that the UCP got, uh, I think that's all trickled down to the cities uh, in terms of what people want to see. And so I think it's incumbent on us to, to figure out a zero. Yeah, and that, uh, that zero came about with three of us and five others of our colleagues back in June. And we directed that we wanted to see what zero looked like. And so that direction was really important at the same time when we knew that the uh, ship was not correcting itself, so to speak. Uh, we needed to, re- to, to direct another $60 million in cuts. Uh, we also wanted to get an indication of where the problems was and what they were doing and and as the three of us have said, it was loud and clear. Over 70% of Calgarians voted for Premier uh, Kenny and, and his team. And uh, so the writing is pretty well on the wall. And, uh, and we're not out of this yet. And uh, even, though you're, even though your listeners don't uh, you know, pay attention to what goes on at council, they sure do know what's going on in this city and they're feeling it each and every day. Mm-hmm. How challenging is it, especially with that new government, having that new budget in front of you now and being able to see it as councillors and see the ramifications of mm-hmm. such to now try to get all that information in, but also try to deal with your own finances because it is such a short timeline between an October provincial budget and your own deliberations. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I think to, to start, uh, the one thing that we tell people is that, you know, the sky's not falling because of this provincial budget. I think, you know, the, the things you have to step back and look at are, okay, obviously, 
what are the ramifications of a budget like this? But, you know, it's also an opportunity to start seeking out what, how can we do things differently? How can we look at doing things more efficiently? And so in some ways it's a catalyst to help get there, right? You know, um, you know, as, as Collier Cart described, uh, you know, 70% of Calgarians voted for the UCP government. And so, you know, the cost pressures, the economic pressures right now in our city, uh, they're weighing people down. And so, you know, that's, that's where we need to step in and do something about it. Yeah. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, we're pleased with the direction the premier's taking in the sense that we have a multi, multi, multi-million dollar debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank goodness the city of Calgary can't run an operating de- uh, uh, We have to balance the books every every single year. Uh, you know, we got a kick out of the premier uh, commenting that there's an equalization problem with Ottawa, and so too do we have an equalization problem with the province. A lot has been downloaded over the years, and, uh, you know, we've picked up the slack, whether it be FCSS funding, social funding for about $40 million that we pick up and balance, whether it's, uh, you know, affordable housing, uh, any of these things that really was, is not within our mandate, but we've picked up on. So when we're looking at zeros, we're, we're going to be turning over every stone as, as well. Uh, plus, the Premier, you know, has uh, made cuts to the police service, mm-hmm. uh, $12 bucks. Um, um, and, and what I want taxpayers to know in this scenario that's coming forward, when you open your tax bill, and let's say it's, it's uh, $5,000, we want you to know that half of that is property tax that we get to keep. Mm-hmm. We're running the city basically on a 50-cent dollar. And I think Calgarians, uh, Shane, I, I think Calgarians are getting pretty good value for, uh, for, for what they're paying for at this point. Absolutely. And I think the other issue is that we need straight answers. We don't need to, whether you want to call it double talk or not, to pick up on your point of the, sure, the, the police budget has been kept intact, but we're going to take more from you on the fine revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of a sudden we have a deficit. Well, the city has a budget, and I heard this on the radio, um, the city runs a budget of, of $3 billion or more. Certainly they can find $13 million for the police. Well, the province runs a budget of 40 plus billion dollars a year. Certainly, they could find something for the police rather than taking a higher percentage of the fine revenue and leaving us to say, well, you fill the bag. And we've seen that many, many times across the board, whether it's federal, provincial, uh, wherever it is, is we're going to get our fiscal house in order and we're going to demand you do as well, yet we're going to give you less money to do it. Mm -hmm. And we have to have that. So, I mean, straight answers, straight talk, honest discussion is what we need. The roundtable is going to uh, uh, continue in just a second. The very first YYC roundtable. We'll come up with a fancier name at some point down the line. Councillors Shane Keating, uh, Jeff Davison, and Diane Collier-Cart joining us here. We're going to go a little longer. Like Instead of having it just go for the half hour, we're going the full hour. So we're going to try to uh, do as much as we possibly can. Of course, we're going to still have news at 4 o'clock and sports beforehand as well and, and give you the same kinds of things. But we're gonna, we wanted to have a more wholesome conversation. Uh, and today, uh, today, obviously, focusing in on budget deliberations go, coming forward, you've now been able to see what uh, administration is giving to you now. From your standpoint, do you feel this time around, I asked this of the mayor a couple of days ago when it first came up, do you feel that this might be the budget where you're going to be spending a lot more time going over every single line item imaginable? Not saying that you didn't in the past, but maybe it's going to be that much more of a fine-tooth comb. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right on point there. Um, our number one priority is is business, right? 
um, we took a, a $250 million hit in the core with, with our businesses for two reasons, right? Uh, the, the vacancy rate and, uh, and, and the whole, uh, uh, you know, when the vacancy rate is there, then you're not collecting property taxes, right? So it was in 2014 uh, that we started shifting away from business tax. And, uh, and so I'm glad we started doing that because in 2015, the recession hit. Mm -hmm. And then we started doing sort of the Band-Aid approach where each year, uh, over three years, we plowed in $150 million as a Band-Aid to help businesses out. And uh, we're still in the recession. We're still in a hole. And when you look at the projections of the Chamber of Commerce yesterday, they're projecting that our vacancy rate in the core, guys, and you can correct me on, on these numbers, but we're going to go from 20% vacancy rate down to about 15% over the next four or five years. So we, are, we have a huge tax shift problem because I've got to be careful how I say that. Uh, because uh, uh, businesses and commercial operations and small business have been uh, shouldering the burden of the tax load uh, all these years. And we've been trying to shift it over. Then we got hit by the recession and now this is where the big decision will come, don't you think, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, overall here, the goal of going through this budget is really to figure out how do you continually reduce the cost of government. I think, you know, we put the number out there before that over the last few years, you know, the, the operational budget has been reduced by about $641 million. And so that's pretty significant. Um, that said, you know, back to Councillor Collier-Cart's point, uh, we're at a time where we, we really do have to pay attention to the line items and start figuring out as a city, what are the things we need to be in in order to deliver, to deliver great service? And what are the extras that we, you know, have and continue to be downloaded with, whether it be from the feds or, or from the province in terms of things like affordable housing, things like our FCSS programs, um, all of those things. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, we really have to be mindful that our core services are, are really what citizens expect. And nobody walks around the street saying, you know, I'm okay feeling less safe on the street. I mean, you think about the 800 police officers per capita that were short already. Um, you know, people aren't going to stand to see police officers lose their jobs. They are going to say, you guys need to get focused and figure out as a city, what are those core services we need to be offering? And what are those nice to haves we have been offering for far too long that maybe we can't do anymore? Is that a part of the, the conversation? I believe it was Ward Sutherland bringing up the idea of, of maybe we got to get out. Of, I, I know others have talked about golf courses, for example, or maybe going to the private sector for some of the services provided, such as waste disposal and, and that kind of thing. Well, I think the the fact of buckets, if you, if you look at that, we have many different buckets where the, where the money goes. We have to determine what bucket should be filled and what one should be emptied and maybe what bucket should be dismissed and, mm -hmm. and just gone. Uh, coming back to the $60 million that we cut just six months ago, um, we didn't say do it here, here, and here. We said you must cut $60 million and find it within six months. Now what we have to do is, is, is technically a board of directors, if you go that route, is we have to find and they have to justify, administration has to justify why they chose this and why they didn't. Um, I hesitate slightly to get line by line. Because then we're getting into pet projects. Mm -hmm. And we don't need a political discussion on the floor of council of, of whether this park should go or that one we'll should Because we'll never agree, right, We'll Shane? never agree. <laughs> well, no one um, will agree with we, us. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and justifiable. Um, but what we have to do is we have to say, you must look at it in this aspect, whether it's the golf courses or whether this. You look there, you find the efficiencies there. You must maintain it here, whether it's the police or the fire. But we've got to be able to get into that debate of... 
where and how and when rather than what specific dollar to be cut. And I think yeah. it, and Shane and I, you know, last fall, we asked for a line of service review and we were told it would take 18 months to two years. Well, guess what, people? We don't have time for 18 months to mm-hmm. two years. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the danger of us getting drug into the weeds uh, and, and and involved in that sort of discussion uh, because that's where the disagreements start and then it's just, you know, business as usual yeah. and it's not business as usual anymore right jeff yeah and, and and to shane's point i mean i think where you get into the the discrepancies on the floor of council about pet projects i mean the flat water pool issue is exactly one of those things right you know fundamentally why are we closing two pools mm-hmm. people don't go to them period right. full stop if there aren't enough people attending it you know we're just mm-hmm. not going to keep it open the market's the market the market is the market and unfortunately you know i mean and clearly if, if that were my area that i'm representing i would absolutely be fighting to keep those pools open i would absolutely be you know fighting to have those assets in there but it's a good example of how you know sometimes those 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 kind of close to home projects uh influence the decision you want to make on the floor of council even though you know it's probably the right thing to do because we're struggling to maintain um tax support for it is that a case then that we you almost have to go to the line by line? Because in some cases it is feasible to have a city own, say, golf course or a pool, whereas in some cases it's not. And if there's somebody in the community who thinks they can run it a little better, mm-hmm. maybe you give it them, give them that option. Well, you know, I think that I think that's the essence and the spirit behind Councillor Sutherland's motion here uh, to really look at where we can privatize because we're we're. You know, not to be disparaging, but we're a little bit hoodwinked because we don't have the authority to roll back union salaries. We're locked into these contracts. Now, you know, some of the chatter you hear coming out of the province is that uh, they're talking about rolling back their union salaries. Under the Municipal Government Act, we don't have that authority. So we'd love to save jobs because the vast majority of taxpayer dollars is going for employees to provide frontline service. Mm -hmm. But we don't have, you know, we would love to save jobs. But in this environment that we're in, and we can't roll back salaries, um, people can connect the dots on this. So then what do you do when you have union salaries that are running swimming pools at, at, you know, pretty high rates of uh, hourly rights um you know that's the spirit of where uh, councillor sutherland is going and uh and you know our colleagues at the city and our city employees don't like to hear us speaking this way but they don't want to move back out of their contracts either uh it's tough for them as well so that's the you know that's the challenge of getting drugged down into line-by-line items when we have to be more philosophical at the top and say, like Councillor Sutherland is saying, uh, we really need to look at where we need to privatize and we need to look at, like Shane said, at what businesses we should be in and which. And that's really our, the essence of our notice of motion in September about transforming municipal government into the 21st mm-hmm. century. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick time out here on the panel. Fun conversations both on air and off air as well. And I've neglected to actually mention as well, we are on Facebook Live as well. If you want to check that out, you can check back in. I know. I should have warned you guys so you could have dressed up a little nice. I'm younger than them. I knew. (laughs) You knew full well what was coming. Totally. Uh, Off air, we were talking about uh, infrastructure. And I brought up the notion that I've had. Uh, since going to Ireland, are we obsessed with building new things in the city versus trying to upkeep properly older buildings? And I think the aspect there is we have to say no. Um, and the reason is, and, and I will refer to a saying I use often, 
um, that we must operate like a business. In other words, we've got to be efficient. We've got to spend every dollar as wisely as we can. Sometimes we have to behave like a service organization and look after the, the needs of our residents. So if we balance those two, I think we're doing a, a great job. But let's go to Seton, uh, the YMCA Centre mm-hmm. down the line. 110,000 people at the last election. We didn't have one skating rink, one library, uh, one fitness centre, uh, one uh, gymnasium, anything for 110,000. So had we got to the point of saying, let's look after everything that we have that's new. Now, we're not tearing down rec centres. Right. We're actually building new ones. Now, in the cases it was brought up of the, of the, the flat water pools and things like that, then you have to do a business case. What's the best? And you do know that if you get into renovations... Many, many times renovations cost far more than it does to build something new. So do we fight and try and keep these outdated uh, and non-green, environmentally friendly uh, facilities open? Uh, Or do we say there's got to be a better way? Can we move on, partner with the private sector, keep a fitness center on the main floor, densify up above and a number of these things? Those are the things that we say and behave like a business. If you don't behave like a business, um, you're missing the boat in a lot of those things. So um, what are we doing with the older stuff? We are maintaining, I would say, an example or a sample of all of the older stuff that we have, but we're not maintaining everything because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I, I would agree. I don't think we have sort of an obsession with building things new. I think when you consider since 2017 when we were elected, we've had 40,000 people move to this city. Um, by 2024, we are going to experience another 94,000 people moving to this city. You know, we're a city that is in perpetual growth mode, uh, and we have to be addressing that. And so when you think about uh, some of the facilities we build, where the city, I think, really, you know, has and continues to get smarter is in some of our rec facilities, in things like the event center. You know, these are no operational dollar cost back to the city, yet they're civic-owned facilities. Mm -hmm. And so that model really works going forward. Our problem is that we have legacy we then have to deal with in terms of some of these older facilities. But, uh, you know, f- frankly, no. I think, you know, we are, we are the youngest city in, in Canada. Um, you know, we've got a young population. And I think that's sort of, you know, the situation of where we are in terms of how, we're have to, how we have to look at growth and how we have to build. Back with our YYC Roundtable, Councillors Shane Keating, Jeff Davison, and Diane Colley-Urquhart here on the show doing things a little bit differently today. And I wanted to draw attention to uh, a series of tweets uh, surrounding business tax. And it's Kelly Duty, who's been fairly outspoken about this for about a year-ish now. And she says, Calgary Economic Development's new $4 million campaign to attract business to Calgary stands starkly beside a message I received today from a legendary local business owner after receiving the 2020 tax bill for his Kensington location. $69,000 a year in 2019, $141,000 in 2020. This problem is very real. Inarguably, Calgary City Council has heard pleas, recommendations, and solutions from the BIAs, countless economics, uh, economists, sorry, Sandeep Lolly, experts, entrepreneurs for five years. The only thing left to do next week is act, adjust the ratio, and tighten your belt in real world terms. Thoughts? Oh, well, yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts. Thanks for the email. Give us the address and we'll check into it. That's always <laughs> something that we like to do. Um, we've been, we've been, de- I guess the message I want your, your listeners to hear, Joe, is, uh, is that uh, we've got a, a bright bunch of people on council. Uh, it appears that we've been dithering with this problem for the last six or seven months. If it were an easy solution to figure all this out, 
Um, we would have made this many, many months ago. Um, but we are wrestling with what the right thing is to do and to cause the least impact to both residential and non-residential taxpayers. So we've been adjusting the business tax since 2014 and moving. Then we get hit with a recession with 2015, the worst recession the city has ever seen. Um, we're, as I said before, we're working on a 50 cent dollar with property tax. I know some of us guys have questioned is market value assessment the best tax model when you're going through a period of recession like this? So um, we are acting. We pumped $150 million into as a Band-Aid approach for 2016, 17, and 2018, and then we realized this problem, we're still in the ditch with the, with the economy, uh, with what's going on. So uh, it's, it's a complex problem that you have to be thoughtful about, and we hear the impact. We want to help small business, uh, and that's the, those are the tough decisions uh, that I think you were saying during the break, Shane. Well, and that's exactly where we go, is, is we look at a 69 to 140. Uh, we kind of thought that the shift was sort of already displaced at this point in time, and it has worked its way through the system. There are so many factors. You know, we have the revenue neutral system in our tax base. We have the res and we have the non-res and we have this floating thing of, of readjusting and, and no deficit. So whenever we set a budget, we go forward. The, the complex characteristics of any tweet, and, and I know it used to be 144 characters, <laughs> it's more now, um, but there's nothing there to explain the scenario. Uh, what happened to the property? You know, are there different businesses there or not? Is, is everything exactly the same? So, so to take a comment like that and say it's still a problem without looking at all of the complications and characteristics of that scenario, and is it an actual fact or is there some differences that we don't know about? I mean, we, we did talk about um, looking at how we can fundamentally change the tax system, mm-hmm. and, and I've said for a while that this revenue-neutral system mm-hmm. that we have is rather... Uh, it displaces. We talked about rolling uh, assessment. So every three years, you would have an annual assessment, but you would average that. So you wouldn't see the fluctuations, right. a number of things like that. We have to get into all of that and see where the change should be. But I do believe we have to change our tax system across the board. The only tidbit yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd add in, Jeff, is that uh, uh, Carla May, our new CFO, is, is looking at a, a number of different classifications of business. Yeah. Um, to 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 really figure out the essence of this email and the categories and the revenues they make and 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 look at those and I and I think mm-hmm. that's coming forward uh, <clears throat> along with budget in a couple of weeks as well. Yeah, and I I think you know you go back to the the series of tweets that you're talking about. I mean, you know, it, not to kind of belabor the points my colleagues have made, but to kind of take it a little bit further, you know. Our goal here is to expand the tax base, not the tax rate. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we have to be continually in a situation where, again, we're reducing the cost of government, but you can't discredit things by investing in our city because ultimately, if you're going to diversify the workforce, which is highly educated and, you know, let's face it, this oil industry is changing. Uh, You know, companies that had 10,000 jobs uh, a couple of years ago, they're down to 3,500 jobs now and they've tripled production. Like, those jobs are not coming back. We have to diversify. We have to invest in our economy. We have to invest in infrastructure that allows new businesses to want to come here. And so it's, it's, it gets very difficult for me when citizens want to correlate, well, don't do this with economic development because you should be doing this. The reality is we have to be doing both. 
because, you know, you can't continue to say, well, how are you going to fix the downtown tax offset? Well, you have to fill up those buildings. Well, how are you going to fill up those buildings? Well, you have to look at, do we have the right, you know, regulatory structure to get companies here? Do we have the right tax system here? But what are the amenities and the big things that companies want and their employees want to be here as well? And not just come here, retain them here. And so it's a very complicated system of, of, you know, all the things that you have to look at. It's not as easy as saying this or that. It has to be this and that. Well, Jeff, what would you say some of the priorities are? You're on the board of directors of the Calgary Economic Development and the funds that's put in place to attract business. Like, what do you see some of the priorities to be? Talent, talent, talent. I mean, the, the biggest issue we have in this city is that when you want to go out and you want to grab those big technology companies or you want to repurpose that highly educated workforce of folks that are in the, you know, engineers, that are, you know, who are out of work in this city, um, you, you have to have multiple levers you can pull, you know, to put them into quick uh, educational systems where they can relearn a new trade and get back out into, you know, a high paying job again, maybe in a different sector. Uh, you have to be able to say, you know, we incubate talent in this city and have the right resources to do that if you want to attract big business here. Because when they come here, the first thing their employees say is, well, I don't know that I want to move to Calgary because I don't know if I left this company where I would go from there. And so you need to have those follow-on businesses that also come. So when you talk about, you know, where we were with the oil industry, you know, it was very easy to get a job in an oil company once upon a time. And if you didn't like it, often you were, you know, you'd go somewhere else or you didn't see growth profile happening and you weren't making money on your options, so you'd leave. That ended in 2009, and so we've been struggling since then. It's not as easy to just say, well, you know, I don't like the company I'm with. I don't, I don't believe in their values or what they're doing anymore or the management structure. I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, you don't have that luxury anymore. And so if you're going to diversify the economy, you're going to bring new business here. That's the things you have to be looking at. So talent is absolutely critical. And I think the $150 million, remind me, Shane, about the number. With the $150 million we plowed in over those three years to help business out, we're not sure that it trickled down. Right. to those that were leasing and renting space. I mean, that's why we, we thought that was a good interim solution, but in the end, I don't think the trickle-down effect was there. Yeah. Uh, and that was the difficulty we had with the, the last go-round this spring, is there were the first two, and we set aside, I think, $45 million in, in a number of those. Um, all you had to do was apply and go through the process. But by the time it actually went anywhere, very little of that original tranche was put out to the taxpayer, which is the building owner or the business owner. And we don't know if it went from the owner to the leasee, which is the business. So we have no idea there. And and that was the the difficulty we had this spring when we looked at uh, setting the budget. And then we came back in July, said, look, it, we got to put all that $70 million in and get it done. And it just automatically goes. So at least we know it's out there. And, and that was the intent. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the yeah. big thing that, you know, I think we have to be mindful of is you look to the last few years and you say, well, the city, the city's taken you know, 40 million, 60 million, whatever the million, you know, tens of millions of dollars annually to put down as sort of coverage of on that, out of reserves on that operating side. We cannot continue to do that. You cannot continue to use your capital uh, to invest in your operations because that's a one-time spend. Mm-hmm. You have to fix the problem for the long term. And that's really what, you know, we're talking about doing is that, you know, you have to address that in the budget. Transforming do you, do you look government. at five-year rolling assessments? Uh, do you put assessments in the hand of the province so that assessments are, you know, really kind of tied up in one entity rather than individual municipalities looking at it? It's all of those things we have to explore, and those things do take time to, to look at. So we're basically fixing the airplane in flight. Yeah. I'm going to take one more time out on the panel. We'll be back more with these councillors in a second. <laughs> One of my final questions that I wanted to raise with you is the the idea of ROI. 
And all you, I know X Games is one aspect of it. A year ago, we voted Olympics. Are we having a problem right now? And Jeff, you alluded to it earlier on, was mm. this notion of this or that. Are we losing sight of the notion that there are some good ROIs to be had, whether it be in buildings, whether it be in events, whether it be in anything the city does right now? Mm, absolutely. Uh, you know, we absolutely lose sight of that all the time. You know, I mean, we forget that revenue is a good thing and revenue pays for the things you want as a city. You know, uh, one of the biggest criticisms we keep getting is, you know, why, why and how are you building an event center, you know, right now? Well, now is precisely the time. You know, when you can uplift a district that has generated zero tax dollars for the past hundred years, when you can draw in $2 billion worth of additional capital, when you can take a piece of the pie in terms of building it and not only pay for that facility itself, you have to look at projects not for the merit anymore of should we or shouldn't we, but sometimes the merit of what does it return in terms of benefit. And sometimes that benefit is going to be financial. Sometimes that's going to be net socioeconomic benefit to the mm-hmm. citizens, right? And and so really you kind of have to, you really have to be mindful about, again, reduce the cost of government and invest in those things that provide an ROI and don't increase the operational budget to the city. Mm-hmm. We also have ROI in existing uh, facilities that we have, not just new stuff, but in existing. Um, I brought in an asset management strategy and, and we didn't have one before. So if we have a building that's worth $10 million and you have six employees in it, is that good ROI? We have valuable assets sitting there, and you could say underutilized. Would you sell that off, move those employees to a different spot, gain investment that you can use elsewhere? Golf course that we talked about a little bit is another great example. We have some golf courses you can't do anything with because of the infrastructure underneath the golf course or they need for certain things. But you could move, in some cases we looked at, you could move a number of recreational facilities that are presently housed elsewhere on developable land, mm-hmm. move it to these closed golf courses, sell off that or develop that in such a way so you're gaining that ROA back. And that's the, the business operations of the city that have to come down and start looking at in detail. Final thoughts, Councillor Collier Card. Dan Saxons. Uh, uh, it's just a whole different ball game now. It takes me back to uh, the early 90s with Premier Klein. You'll remember that, Joe. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is slash and burn time to balance these books. And that has an absolute direct impact on the city, one that we've never, ever seen before. So when you look at ROI or SROI, social return on investment, and some of the things we've invested in proactively and prevention-wise over the years... um, it's a t- it, it's a tough nut to crack when people see that you're raising their taxes, you're cutting their operational services, but yet you're building some of these other uh, facilities and you're trying to go after some of these high key profile events uh, when when I don't have a job and I'm losing my home and I can't put food on the table. Mm-hmm. So um, we're we're in totally different times now, and uh, and and I don't want to raise the alarm bells, but in a way I will. Uh, it, it, it requires extraordinary circumstance for us to deal with this in November. We can't keep kicking the ball down the road, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we can't continue to raise taxes either um, because uh, what the province is doing has a direct, direct impact on what we're doing. Councillors, I appreciate you guys being my guinea pigs. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you again. Thank you. been great. Thank you. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR.